Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole Podcast. I'm delighted to have one of my old sparring partners on with me today to preview our forthcoming derby against Brentford at Craven Cottage on Saturday. Billy Grant, uh, well known to anyone who listens to podcasts or indeed enjoys football from the Pride of West London besotted Brentford podcast and many other things besides, um, is on with me today. It's very early in the morning for, for Billy, who's currently in America. So, Billy, thanks for joining us. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? I'm buzzing, actually, at the moment now. I've just literally, I've got upset me alarm, as I've been doing for the last three weeks uh, to watch the Women's World Cup. You know, I've watched the England semi-final against Australia as well. So it's a 5.55 alarm call, which is actually quite a late alarm call for this World Cup. I've done quite a few sort of 3.55ers as well, which have been a little bit kind of like, you know, matchsticks in the eyes, especially after we... Uh, we actually uh, have been out till about two o'clock in the morning. I was there for the the, the, the summer series, which Fulham were on as well. So there was that all going on. And it's my, I've got this extended at US Day. And like I said to you, good match that. Great that England in the final. So I've got another alarm call set for Sunday morning at 6.55am again to go and watch England in the in the final. It's all good. So it's good. I feel much better talking to you, mate. You, you, you make me feel grounded like I'm back in London. Oh, fantastic. Always happy to help, mate. And as you say, a brilliant performance from England's women this morning. And I know you've long been a been a follower of the England women's team. Fantastic to see them um, in another final and in their first World Cup final. That's right. OK, and, it's, it's a bit, and again, it's one of those ones where you, you try and fit so many things in. But I think with the US tour, with Brentford and, and out there, and me having to come out and see my family out in America. I did try and see if I could sneak a trip over to Australia, but it, it definitely was one step beyond. <laughs> so Even you I, uh, get that one in, no? Me and my daughter, because I said to her last time, I took her to the last World Cup. She was only 10 at the time, and I took her to the last World Cup in France, and she loved it. She goes, you've got to definitely take me to the next one, the full one. You know, If you could bunk me off school as well, that'd be even better. And I <laughs> promised her that I would do. <laughs> but they, they flipped the World Cup a little bit later this time, which meant that I didn't even have to bunk her off school. So I thought, yes, we're right in there. But it just didn't it didn't quite work out because I had to come over to see my family out here. And uh, But it's all good because uh, I have to say, actually, even though I, th- I thought it'd be quite bad, getting up and watching the World Cup quite early in the morning isn't as bad as I thought because it means that you can watch loads of football during the morning and still get on with your day, whereas normally it completely and utterly ruins the day when you're like watching football from like midday to like at nine o'clock at night, which is all good. Sure, mate. And, and let's start there. Tell, tell us a little bit about the Brentford scene in the in the United States, because obviously you've been out there and Brentford participated in the in the summer series. And from the looks of your your photographs and, and things, there's quite a mad following of a Brentford fans stateside, isn't there? I, I tell you something, it's just something which is completely and utterly bizarre. We picked up on it, first of all, and I think you must have seen this as well, because obviously you've been in the Premier League for quite a period of time. And when you're in a Premier League, you, you as Fulham, picked up quite a few American fans uh, down the line. You've even got your, your podcast, you know, your Cottage Confidential, which is an American-based podcast out here. And that's built up probably over a number of years if you've been in the Premier League. You know, then you getting relegated and then coming back up relegated, but you, you still maintain some of those fans I'd say probably not all of them because there is a bit of there's a bit of team switching going on and even a bit of player switching going on which I don't quite understand you know there are 
fans out here who just get, you know, they just love a player. So they just go and follow a player from team to team. And also that they get fed up when one team isn't good enough. <laughs> then they'll just go and support another team, which is which is quite bizarre. In our actually in, in our podcast that I did um, from the red line in New York on Saturday we were, on Sunday where I watched the Spurs game and I went and did a post-match podcast. You can check it out on Pride of West London. I was talking to all the American fans in there and I spoke to this one character, I think his name is Charles, and he he used to be a Chelsea fan. And then he just decided he didn't want to be a Chelsea fan and he also became a Brentford fan. And I, I was going to go into the sort of kind of explaining how that can't quite really happen. Yeah. <laughs> quite, quite. But they're, they're based in America, so I think the rules are just slightly different out there. But um, yeah, I came out for the summer series um, um, a, a, a few weeks ago um, at a brilliant time. I didn't quite make the Fulham game in Philly because I was uh, organised with the family in Nice for that weekend. It's pre-booked. I did consider actually cancelling it. I thought, actually, it's not going to go down particularly well. So I came out for the game in Atlanta where we played Brighton. Um, never been to Atlanta before. Been meaning to go out there. Um, met up with Katie, who is the uh, the Atlanta B as well. So I met up with them, which is good. Um, had a great time there as well. Brentford put on loads of events, you know, free bars and everything like that. So the one in Atlanta was was quite something, it has to be said. You know, you sort of had sort of these American and English Brentford fans rocking out at one o'clock in the morning after having this uh, this this. This this event in the brewery, which kind of basically was just an open bar all night. It was just it was really good. So uh, so we had that as well. We played Brighton down there. Uh, Brighton, I thought were the best team that we played last season, home and away, hundred percent. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. But it's interesting the tactic that they used out there. They were kind of a little bit more sitting deep, sitting deep, trying to hit us on the break. So they weren't as uh, they weren't quite the same as what they were when they played against us. But obviously, this is what preseason's for. At, um, Atlanta, we played in the Mercedes Benz Dome. What a what a stadium! I mean, I've been to you know, as you know, I've been to World Cups all over the world. I've been to what, what, nine World Cups, nine, nine European. I've, I've seen stadiums all around the world, but this Mercedes Benz Dome is something it's like a just an amazing sort of futuristic dome it's only been built about four or five years ago and the roof retracts so because it's so hot in atlanta for that game it was like a, i don't know about 80 85 degrees they said let's close the roof so you're inside the stadium with the roof closed and air conditioning and all that so that was quite mad uh, and then i made my way up to washington and uh, we had a night again a cut a few nights out in washington as well and for that game all sorts of bees came down from from uh, Peruvian bees and Idaho bees. And uh, honestly, it was just quite mad. And again, we had Brentford at another event the night before, you know, open bar again, which is great. Uh, and then they had a, one of them cookout things that they have outside the stadium, which again, you probably think, ah, that's not very English, but you know, when, you know, tailgate, that's it, tailgate party. But we joined the tailgate, but it was a laugh because there were no bars around near the stadium. So they basically just brought all their beers down the stadium and then you just end up just drinking beers to the car park. Quite bizarre, but it was quite good and it kind of worked out for us in the end. And like I said, to met lots of Brentford fans out there. We were quite lively behind the play. Aston Villa, it was a great game. Um, we, we, you know, again, pre-season friendly, you know, it's, it's hard to get excited about friendlies, but it was good. And it was just good to see so many um, Brentford fans out there. And, and I was just chatting to my daughter downstairs. I was watching uh, the England game just now and I just said to her, you know, it makes me laugh because I, I met this guy and he's just messaged me, I think, on Instagram and uh, this Brentford fan. I said, could you mention, could you, can you, in American, could you just think what his name is? And she sort of said, oh, his name's Ford. And I said, yeah, could you, but do you know what his first name is? She couldn't guess. I said, just, it's the most obvious. And his name is Brent Ford. <laughs> and I just thought, this is hilarious. It's only in America, you know, can you meet a Brent Ford? And he decides he's going to be a Brent Ford fan. So anyway, loads of Beast fans out there. I was in the red line in New York on Sunday for the Tottenham game. 
It was lively. It was really good. Watch the game. It was all oh, it, it was like tell you what it was like. It was like lockdown when we used to go to the pubs in lockdown. Mm. And we used to go to the Globe in lockdown and we had the Globe and it, yeah, there's about 40, 50 Brentford fans in the Globe, all socially distanced, of course. Uh, but you're sitting down there and you think, God, this is like a an oasis because you're instead of sitting at home, you're actually watching the match. And it was very much like that going to New York. You found like-minded people. It's obviously not it's not like being in the stadium, but it's like being in the pub and you still get excited. You can get beers for the game. And it was wicked and definitely worth checking out. Yeah, fantastic. And just uh, to talk, a lot of the commentary about Brentford this season has sort of, or in the summer, has focused on players you might be losing or might be without. Um, but I sense there's still a real confidence because of the way that uh, Matthew Benham and, and Phil Jukes and and uh, and uh, Thomas Frank have set the set the team up and and, and they're working to a template that has worked over a long period of time for Brentford. You've been really successful um, in the last few years, never mind just in the Premier League. So is there optimism going into this season, Billy? Yeah, there's, uh, there's optimism. And, and I'm just, you know, listen, I know we're full of women who rivals. And, but the fact is that, and I'm going to be completely honest, we know where we've come from. I've watched Brentford play for 40 years in like basically the lowest tiers of football, Division 4 and Division 3. That is all my time watching Brentford. So anything else is a bonus. When we got to the championship, it was like, well, hey, this is a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Like, you know. And then we got to the the, 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 the championship playoff finals in the first, or semi-finals in the first season in the championship. And that was bizarre, but great. And it's a bit of a laugh. But, you know, I mean, Matthew Benham and like I said, you were quite lucky as a club that we're able to, you know, have liaison with the manager, you know, um, you know, Thomas Frank's been down the pub with us and done podcasts with us. You know, Matthew Benham, we speak to them, you know, director of football, Phil Giles, speak to him all the time. You know, in America, Cliff Crown came down to pretty much all the Brentford events. He's our CEO and he's down there drinking with all the Brentford fans. You know, we had a pool party in Washington and he came along to the pool party at someone's house, one of the Brentford fans watched out. So we're, we're quite lucky that we've got this kind of relationship because we are still a small club. We know it. We don't care. You know, that's the nice thing about it. So, you know, with that kind of scenario, we kind of understand what is going down and we do get information coming across and passing across to us from 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 the people because you know we're quite a tight-knit community and i think the lucky thing about it is that first of all we know where we come from so if we get relegated go down it's not a big deal because you know we've been there before you know it's good building blocks in place but also the other thing is that we understand how the club works because they spend a lot of time explaining to us and so maybe you know 10 years ago when we all of a sudden signed Andre Gray with this new system that we've got you know that the system where Matthew Benham comes in and he finds players that no one's ever heard of and we signed Andre Gray and he's brilliant after one season and we decide to sign him and we're like no you can't do that as all fans do and uh but they come and say don't worry we'll find someone better but as a fan you go no 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 we can't sell him like you know and that happens after the first time with him and then all of a sudden you know Scott Hogan comes in and he scores like 30 odd goals something like that I don't know how many goals in two games or something like that and then you think oh that's not bad we're not missing Andre Gray now and then he gets sold you're like no you can't sell him oh don't worry we've got 12 million for him he only paid 750,000 for him like then, then he goes off and does his thing or doesn't do his thing at Aston Villa and then we come in and let's say Bieber then we've got Neil Malpay then we've got Ollie Watkins and they just keep on doing it every time they say don't worry about it we'll get someone better and so as fans we've kind of sort of a bit of a relaxed and so we're kind of we're, we're kind of used to sort of like Brentford selling players after a while and i'll be honest with you i don't like it 
um, in a way, because you want to sort of kind of have a player and grow with that player, and that player grows with you, and that you've got the loyalty thing like you used to do back in the day. You know, you used to have players who used to be with you for 10 years. You used to, used to love them, like, you know, I call it the Steve Ball factor. If you're a Wolves fan, you know, Steve Ball, like, literally, he, he was there for me. He was, like, in this pram, you know, until he's in a wheelchair, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that kind of thing, you know, you love as a fan. But as a Brentford fan, the, the reality is that we know that that can't happen. And, and we were quite, it was a bit of a turn when all of a sudden, when um, I think when, when Brentford said, right, we're not going to sell Wally, Wally Watkins when we had a chance to sell him that year in the championship because we're going to go up. Um, we're going to try, we're going to make a push to go up because we feel our team is good enough to go up. Uh, that was a season where, unfortunately, we lost to Fulham in the finals. Uh, 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 going Listen, listen. I'm I'm cool with that, man, because that's gone. That's 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 in the past. That's that's part of what's made us, as we say. Um, so, yeah, so that's right. I definitely built a load of characters. You know, so we watched that game in the Globe during lockdown as well, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but it was it was one of those moments which you know, listen, we just move on from that. But yeah, we 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 could have sold Ollie Watkins that year, but we decided to keep him because we thought that he'd give us a push to the Premier League. As soon as that didn't happen, we sold him, and then we bought in. You know, Ivan Tony came in. Um, um, you know, Ivan Tony came in, and then and 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 the rest is history. So we're used to Brentford doing what they do. The thing that I will say, and this is the thing, the conversation that will always go down, and I'm sure that Fulham fans will probably say the same thing. It's like, you can't do this forever. There's got, there's bound to be one mistake. There's bound to be one player that you're going to get wrong. Yeah, I mean, we've probably got 80% of them right so far, but all the key players, I'd say that they've got right, you know, um, you know, you, 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 you know, the Malpays, the, you know, the Watkins is the, you know, the, the Norgards, the, the Pinnocks, you know, the, 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 you know, Rico Henry's, you know, David Reyes, <laughs> the, the Ivan Tonys. L- listen, they've got them right, Brian and Bumo. They've got them right, which is eight, probably 80, 85% even more, you know, so of the key players that we've got right. Uh, but you always have that fear that you'll do a sale, you know, like say, for example, Ivan Tony's going to, he's going to go at some stage. No, no two ways about it. So is the player that's going to come in in place of Ivan Tony going to be able to, 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 to not be Ivan Tony, but be good enough to actually kind of take us to at, either the next level or at least keep us at the same level as we are. And I think that is the big question mark. I can't answer that question. All I can say is that from history, they've done very well. And we can only trust them. And we didn't trust them at the beginning because that's a, that's a football fan's way. But now we're a little bit more relaxed about it. And by boosting the profile of the football club, you boost the chances of bringing in a, a top quality replacement. Can you tell us um, about some of the players you're really excited to be watching in the Brentford squad currently? Uh, because it's it, mainstream analysis focuses on a couple of key players. Um, and we'd be really interested to to hear about some of the players who are who are making waves for for Brentford watchers and and who'll be dangerous on the field this season. Okay, so the the, the reality is right. Ivan Tony's out. Okay, so Ivan Tony's out. Probably similar to Lou with Mitrovic is out. So you think right, who's going to fill the void? Now, interestingly, the back, we've known that Ivan Tony's going to be out for nearly a year now. Right, we've known about this since like I think last last August or September when the news broke. Just just when he was chosen for England, he was going to go to Germany and play with England that weekend. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Bing! Oh, Ivan Tony's been done for a bit of gambling nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm just sort of saying, you know, he's got. It, it, it's like, oh, come on, come on. You know, frustratingly, as a fan, you think, oh my god, after us getting so far and he's got done for this gambling stuff which is really frustrating you know what i'm saying so, when he was at brentford seemingly it seems to date so, back previous to his brentford career 
well, this is the thing. This is the frustrating thing. So we've had to take the can for that. But to be fair, Brentford, one thing they're very, very good at, and again, they've talked us through all this kind of stuff, forward planning. I mean, when they're talking about players, you know, you know, we'll talk to Phil Giles and we say, you know, how about players? He goes, oh, we've been, we plan players two years in advance. So what they do is that they build the relationships and they plan players two years in advance as to who they should be. And then they kind of slip in there. So they would have been planning, you know, life without Tony anyway. So now they've, they've put things into place. So the interesting thing is to see how so by the time the back end of last season came uh he was out for one game injured i mean i'm not sure whether or not he was injured or not it was a west ham game and he was uh he didn't play in that that west ham game they said he was injured um um and and uh and we beat west ham in that game then after that we played tottenham away from home and that's the first game that he was banned and so we played tottenham away from home we beat them as well which was a great great result um uh, at white lane enough that we played man city at home and we beat them as well so we played three games in a row back end of the season without ivan tony and we won now i'm not turning around and saying oh we're brilliant and we're going to win every game without ivan tony that is not the case but what we seem to do is that we are able to find players and find a system that works better for us um without players so uh, like when when we had scott hogan and scott hogan literally literally he was just scoring goals per game he was just like brilliant for us and we thought if we lose scott hogan we're going to be in trouble but when scott hogan left to go to aston villa all of a sudden what we found is that we became a better team because we didn't put everything through scott hogan we started to spread the ball around and players started to you know to get more confidence in themselves and play the ball around. so we actually found ourselves as a team being better because it's one of those ones with scott hogan if he had a great game brentford had a great game if he had a rubbish game we had a rubbish game so that was actually quite interesting and i think i'm not saying we're going to miss you know we don't need ivan tony i'm saying we've we seem to have so far found a way to play without him First of all, we started playing um, different football. We started to play passing football as well. Not saying we weren't playing passing football uh, uh, before, but we'd be more direct sometimes playing the ball up to Tony, getting the players hold up play. And it really worked really well for us. But now we're, you know, sitting deep, you know, Thomas Franks likes defending and then hitting plays teams on the break because we are so fast when we hit the break. And and and, and honestly, it's re- and it's actually quite, we were saying in America, it's actually a bit more pleasing on the eye. Um, some of the football that we're playing so you know because we did have a little bit of a moan on the besotted podcast one time it wasn't a moan because how can you moan when you're doing all right but we're sort of saying you know are we you know becoming a little bit more functional now we've had to be in the premier league to try and try and survive in this league by playing a particular type of football uh and will it will and will it evolve and we were saying that you know it will evolve when we get the money to to be able to afford to buy the players that could play the next sort of level of football so so it's all quite interesting so coming back to the players to look out for for me brian and bumo is a he's a brilliant player you know he's he, he is he's skillful he is strong you know he's good on the ball uh the one thing that lets him down sometimes is just his finishing you know you'll see against tottenham you know we could have won that game if brian you know had actually just scored that open goal that he didn't get but that's brian for you and we kind of get used to that and if, and if he was a brilliant finisher he'd be at man yeah, city no, or he's out of the way for this weekend isn't he he'll be right <laughs> this weekend he likes <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll see you know so brian and boomer and you know about brian and boomer's fulham fans so yeah he's he's a great player i'd say to look out for um Ben Mee was injured last week, so I don't know if he's going to play, but we brought him into the side. He got a free from Burnley and he was undoubtedly a player of the season last season. Players player of the season, fans player of the season. I'm not sure the club gave him a player of the season, but he was incredible. You know, for a free transfer, he's 
lovely bloke. We met him. He came to one of the play at the 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 fans do's over in Atlanta as well. So we met him, had a chat with him. He's lovely, calm, you know, individual, very much into his green. Like you know, he's a he's a real green as well. So you know, he drives drives around in his his, his electric car. And he does lots of things to, uh, to 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 preserve you know the world that we live in. Like you know, he's really into that. But he's a lovely, lovely, lovely bloke. He's done a bit of punditry as well. So he's been an absolute mainstay. At the back of the fence, uh, David Ray has now gone. He was a great goalkeeper last time. Flickham, I have to admit, he was a little bit dodgy. Had a couple of dodgy moments against Fulham in uh, in, in in Philadelphia as well. I think he he gave away if not one, if not two goals. Um, but then we have to remember that David Ray also when he started with Brentford for the first six months, he was a bit dodgy. We were thinking, who's this goalkeeper that everyone keeps raving about? Oh, he's looking a bit, keeps flapping at the ball and he's a bit all over the place. But I think goalkeepers take a bit of time to to grow into their positions. So that was uh, that was quite inter- interesting as well. Um, new interesting players that have come in. I mean, I'll, I'll quickly talk about Christian Norgard. For me, Christian Norgard is a great game. Brentford have a great game. You know, CDM in the middle of the park. He's, he's an absolute controller and he's a fantastic player. And he, he, he was out injured. He didn't play any games in America because he uh, he's just had a new baby as well. So we haven't really seen that much of him preseason, but he's he's one top player. But a couple of players that I think you should look out for, newer players that you should look out for. One of them is Kevin Sharder. Um, I'm not sure if he played against Fulham when we played uh, when we played you earlier this season. I don't know if we had signed him actually at that time. He might have done. Um, but Kevin Sharder, he from is Freiburg, a right? yeah, the, the young player from Freiburg. He is, as they say, shit up a shovel. He is so fast. He's he's strong. He's not he's not massive, but he's he's still big and he's strong, good in the air. And I, I w- again, the conversations we've had, we're building him into possibly being an Ivan Tony replacement. Uh, currently, we put him out on the wing, but he could also play in the middle as well. And uh, he's one of these players where you know we bring him on at the moment now for last twenty minutes, and then you know fresh pair of legs, fast, fast fresh pair of legs, and he, he really does do the business for us. So he's definitely the player to look out for. And another player to look out for as well is a player we signed before from Hull, which is Keen Lewis Potter. Uh, again, he came, you know, lots of hype from Hull. I think, he, again, every player that we sign at the moment now is a record signing for us. So at the time, he was record signing for about 17 million. He came in the side and he didn't look that great, to be honest. But you've realised that the gulf between playing for Hull, who were probably at the bottom of the championship at the time, and then trying to play in the Premier League is massive. So we sent him away. We built him up, you know, got him to understand the team and the tactics. And then he got injured and then he came back in. And he was all right. But then he went over to America and mate, he, he was looking on fire. He really was. His touch was fantastic. His his vision was fantastic. I think he set up a couple of goals. He was looking really good. So we're thinking that if you had, you know, Mbuma on the left, Keen Lewis Potter on the right, and, you know, Wiesa or Sharda in the middle, actually it's looking like a really good combination of players up front to hit teams on the break and get out of there. So, uh, yeah, those are the players that are exciting. I mean, there's other players that excite me, obviously, because I'm Brentford, but, you know, you, you've got to forgive me for being excited because don't forget, like I said, you're in the doldrums for such a long time. It's just good. Uh, it's good seeing our team just performing out there and and I'd say upsetting a few people. And I think Fulham would understand what I mean about upsetting some people because last season Fulham went out and upset quite a lot of teams out there. And and the team, the big boys don't like it when you upset so you them. You get right? a lot of teams like Brentford, don't you? Common that's right, mate. That's right. Fans who don't like the apple, apple cart being upended. I would that's just, right. I'm interested to see how Nathan Collins goes um, alongside Ben Mee uh, and potentially some of your other excellent defenders at the heart of the defence. Been a, been a really good performer. Quite surprised that... Um, 
that Wolves let him go actually. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how he goes at, at Brentford. J- yeah. Just to finish, a couple of couple of questions, then, Billy. Tell us a little bit about the about Besotted. Um, those of us who live in West London will will know all about it and know all about your your podcast. It's been a big name in the in the in the West London football fraternity. But for people who haven't come across it, tell us what Besotted is, how it started, and where we can find you these days. Yeah, okay. So Besotted, like I said to you, Pride of West London. You can find it on the podcast channel, or also Besotted B W S O T T E D dot com. So Besotted dot com. Uh, it's actually a fancy old school inky fanzine that started years ago uh, believe it or not 1990 uh dave lane was running the, the he, he started this fanzine alongside me i was actually running an official and unofficial travel club uh back in the days you know if you wanted to get your mates to go and travel to to matches again trains were relatively expensive coaches were there okay so i used to organize this little coach travel club and we used to do these basically secret trips we had to basically spend the whole time avoiding the police because the police <laughs> didn't how well, they did because they didn't like you traveling especially no. independently <laughs> so you had we had to alternate the uh the places that we were leaving from we had to alternate our routes so we used to go through the back streets uh, the back but you know of the, of the country in the middle so we never used to go down the motorways but through the so we used to take hours but uh, it's a good laugh and you know basically we used to laden it up with lots of uh, lots of beer in fact some of the coaches that we had we actually had the, the the person the company that used to take us used to put on its own host so they used to actually sell us beer on the coach itself so that was the little advantage for them they used to go and pick it up from dover and then used to just get crates of beer in and they used to sell it to us and we used to go and it was brilliant they were absolutely brilliant so our unofficial travel club which is kind of well known and, and not particularly uh not really liked by the club because we didn't cause any trouble we just used to go out and enjoy ourselves on away days and uh and then we linked up with uh besotted dave david done a couple of uh um, um episodes of um of, of besotted and we thought we might as well link up so we ended up linking up with him he became part of our crew and we ended up sort of becoming besotted i started writing for besotted and basically started writing for besotted from the early 90s all the way through used to interview all the players the big players at the time dean's holwoods of the world and bob taylor's of the world and nicky forsters of the world you know literally marcus gale used to just call them up get them down the pub and uh and just and chat to them and it was great you know back in the day there's no club media department giving you the old you know um oh no sorry you can't speak to them like you used to come to the players and they used to come and actually stand with us in the terraces as well because we used to obviously form the big crew that used to start the singing and all the chanting and making up the songs as well and all the players used to come out and stand with us if they weren't playing so marcus gal got photos of him standing with us in the new road and stuff so yeah it used to be great back in the day so we became sort of quite well renowned as a fanzine put out a lot of fanzines and as time went on obviously that fanzine morphs into a a blog um in the sort of uh, in the in the just probably the season before we actually went up to the championship we turned into a blog and then we went to turn turned turn into a video blog and that was about 2013 we were video blog we started video blogging before AFTV and them lot we used to do a video blog of every single game home and away and they're actually quite quite humorous you know and then after that we we, we, we turned into a a podcast because we found podcasting was uh easier to process than than video blogging we i used to sit up for seven hours like editing your videos on a sunday morning but when my daughter got older started to play football and started to want your you know attention I had to take her out to the football on a sunday morning couldn't do the video blogging anymore so that's where we are we started podcasts we've done nearly a thousand podcasts now as well so we are pretty lively we've got a podcast on a thursday which you should check that one out as well which will be we'll have a full and fan i've got to I'll get you on it dan actually we get you to chat on that one and on and on, on the, the flip side straight after the match we do a post-match podcast which is uh brentford fans and full fans if we can get them on the terraces in the stands in the pub 
we'll do what 20 minutes 25 minutes of post-match reactions straight after the game and then we put it live so it'll be live on saturday evening as well obviously i won't be doing that one i actually did a post-match podcast from new york so i did one as well in the pub afterwards with all the american fans as well and laney who does the podcast with herself he, he did the, the uk one so that was cool good so but that is that is kind of what besotted is all about and we do write articles there's loads of articles on the the website as well so yeah we, we're pretty busy and we've been around for a while we are we're legacy uh band media as you call it you know what i'm saying <laughs> But we, uh, I, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna state this straight. Listen, love Premier League is cool and we're having a laugh, but I do very much like where we've come from. I do like the old school. I do like the the the, the EFL. I hate that phrase EFL, but I do like the lower the leagues. Old, the old football play. league and old money. That's what we're talking. Oh, about. mate, I love it. I love. I still love that, and I still watch the matches, and I still talk to a lot of my friends down there in, in Preston North Ends and your Middlesbroughs and all these other clubs because uh, there's a, there's a certain something special about that you know which uh which i think that you don't get in the premier league and I, I can't put my hand quite on it but maybe the fact that it's it is you know listen i talk about going to america and having a laugh you know i, I think it's really great brentford have gone there and the fact that you have gone global but also that kind of takes something away about the, the specialness of of kind of 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 clubs which to be quite honest with you people aren't buying into them because they're on tv people don't buy into preston north end you know, <laughs> you know for any other reason but to just watch press the north end and that is the truth for the matter and I, I do like that yeah no you're not wrong and I, I do think the the older we get and the more corporate and um beholden by the cash the the top flight becomes it it loses a little bit of charm especially with the older you can't even celebrate a goal these days because you don't know whether yeah. it's going to be ruled out or ruled in or whatever I, I, I don't know something about the game that we grew up loving has uh has diminished over time which is unfortunate right let's yeah. um wrap it up with a prediction for for saturday still a big game the 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 derby um isn't it and uh, i'm sure you'll be be really looking forward to, to it and fulham fans don't need reminding that brentford have done really well at craven cottage over the last sort of 10 years or so really really well so you must be fairly confident especially after having the better of that that draw with spurs last weekend Elizabeth, again, you could say that, but mate, we're, we're in the Premier League. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that, you know, and I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass or anything like that about Fulham, but Fulham last season, I thought were really good. You know, we played Fulham before and the thing is, you think, yeah, it's really great. Even the Parker ball era. The fact is that we thought, you know, we thought Fulham, oh, don't remind right. me, don't remind me, mate. Well, exactly. But, you know, but at the moment, it's like us with, you know, with certain managers or certain areas. You think, oh, we're really brilliant. But then when you look back at it, you think, oh, God, we're actually, we were actually not that great, were we? But because you're a fan and at the moment you think that's really good. So at the moment, that time, yeah, Parker got you up and everything like that. And we thought, you know, we thought, yeah, OK, yeah, we lost that game. But to be quite honest with you, over the season, we were probably, I'd say, the better team. And we yeah, played the better football. But, but hands up, we lost that game. But then you look back at it and you think, hmm, actually, now I, you know, I, I see where the deficiencies are. You know, and, but last season, you know, I put your hand up and we all turned around and said, yeah, Fulham, you know, good team. You know, they're a good team. We looked, saw you at the opening game against Liverpool. Again, I was abroad for that one and I saw that in the bar and I thought, oh, bloody hell. You know, you give them Liverpool a run for your money. We played you kind of early on in the season. Okay, you, you went 2 0 up very early on. Uh, I thought Brentford very good after that. And we were probably a bit unlucky stroke uh, naive to have let in that late goal. But that's the things that happened. And I think a lot of Fulham fans actually turned around to us actually after that game and said, I don't know how you won that. But uh, we'd won that because we actually thought we were very good. But you did win because you scored the late goal with Mitro scoring that goal. And that's fair enough. But 
going on after that, we thought you were good. And all the Brentford fans, even with all the banter and the laugh and everything like that, which we love doing, all the bees up, Fulham down, all that kind of stuff, we actually said, ah, oh, Fulham are actually quite a good team this season. They're actually all right, you know, and we couldn't kind of knock it. And that is why I'm going to say we were really surprised when we played you at our ground. And again, I think, you know, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm on a Fulham podcast. I'm, I'm saying it really respectfully, but I thought we were very good in that game. And uh, by the time I think we went, was it 3-1 up that we went 3-1 up sort of in right, the 85th yeah, yeah. Went through and, and literally every single Fulham fan disappeared. Like literally every, there's about 10 Fulham fans left in that, that, <laughs> that end. And I've been going football for 40 years and I've never seen, I've never, ever seen that before in my life. And so weird that when Fulham scored in the, the 90th plus ninth minute, I think it was, there was like this really weird, eerie silence because there was, there was nothing. We think it's a ball gone in the back of the net. What's going on here? Because there's no cheering or nothing like that. But what we thought is that other than you leaving, which there's lots of jokes. We've made loads of jokes about that on our podcast. What we thought was really bizarre was um, what we said is that we said, look, not be funny, but Fulham have actually had a really good season. And yeah, OK, they've lost to Brentford. But normally what you do is that, you you, you know, if your team's had a, a great season, yeah, you've lost the game, but you still stay behind and applaud them. So we thought that was a little bit bizarre that all the Fulham fans left. And it, OK, it was a Monday night, if I remember rightly. It was, it was a week weekday night. I think it was a Monday uh, but it's not as if you had very far to go home. You know what I'm saying? If you had to, you know, go back to the Midlands, then we understand you rush to get your train. But that, that for me, I thought was from Fulham was probably a little bit of a disrespect from your fans to your own team who, yes, they lost one game, but you've been doing really well then. And I think you were still in the top 10 at that stage. But, you know, coming back to this game, uh, listen, no two bones about it. You know, you won your game last week. You're still a good team. You've got some good players. Yeah, there's a bit of a metro thing up in the air and you've lost Willian and all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't really matter. I think you've got a good manager now who kind of tactically is very astute, very aware. So we need to be on the money. And also we're a bit untried with, you know, the, the lack of Tony. So we're, we're still trying out new things. And we also got a few new players and they were trying things out. So it's going to be a tough game. Um, and I'm I'm not throwing cliches out here. I'm just being honest and I'm being truthful. Uh, do I think we can get a win? You know, I should say that I'd be quite happy with a draw because obviously we don't want to lose down there. I'll be happy with a draw. But I just say that if we've got our game plan right and we can do our hitting on the break thing, which we do very, very well, and I, and, and, and Brian and Boomer actually puts the ball on target, I think it could be a, I think it could be a very close one. But I think Brentford could just about nick it. But it's going to be really tight because Fulham are, they're all right. Should be a good game. I'll just say, unless he's left within the last 25 minutes, we've still got William. He certainly played last weekend, but the Saudis are throwing a lot of money at a lot of people. So who knows who's going to be in the lineup on Saturday? Billy, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for getting up so early. Um, That's all right. I've been in off the family for the 25 minutes or so. Really appreciate having a chat with you and uh, we'll definitely be back in touch uh later on in the season to to have another chat good luck for the season and uh, may the best team win on saturday come on you bees cheers mate thanks very much